This episode of the Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast was recorded on October 1st, 2019 before the New York Comic Con Dragon Prince panel. Hey everyone, this is uh, your first Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast with your hosts, Tamika and Haley from Cartoon Universe. Haley's from Cartoon Universe. I am not. I'm more of a Cartoon Universe guest. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I think is, we should introduce yeah, this, ourselves. Like, tell tell everyone what you do. Yeah, um, I'm. Most of you know me as Kuno. Um, I am a, an artist, writer. I write my mainly fan fiction. Um, some of you guys have re- read my uh, fan fictions, um, and you've seen my art. Um, I got into the Jaggermints like super early and I was hooked from the beginning. Um, I don't really know how I got into this so fast. Um, you, it probably really started though with my friends, um, my friends on Tumblr. Uh, another one, another Tumblr person, Raylan with two A's. Um, she and a couple of my other friends were getting into it and I started to notice it because we tend to migrate to different fandoms together. And I don't know, I just got hooked. Probably uh, the character that really hooked me was Runan, though. Um, everybody who knows me knows that I'm, you know, a diehard fan of Raylan, but it was, I believe, Runan that really got me into the show. Uh, and, and, Haley, and Haley knows that because I'm always talking to her about Runan. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Haley, how about you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Haley, and uh, I'm a friend of Kuno, and. We thought it'd be really fun to make a podcast about the Dragon Prince. And maybe some of you know me. I have a YouTube channel called Cartooners, as Kuno said a couple times already. But um, basically, I do things like theories, analysis, and even I've recently interviewed the creators of the Dragon Prince quite a few times. So if you'd like to check it out after listening to this, you can definitely do so. Just search up Cartooners on YouTube and you'll see like a bunch of interviews I did. Some of them are, were like even in person where we did some really nice editing for them. And there's a lot of new information in those uh, in those uh, interviews. So it's a good time. I always have a fun time. And I kind of get into got into the show because I'm pretty much into every cartoon that's modern, that has like a story. And I saw the first teaser image for the show. I was like, interesting, interesting. And then I remember at San Diego Comic-Con, I, read, I watched like an interview with the creators and it seemed really interesting. And then even then, or soon after that, I mean... I was like, well, I'm going to try to see if I can review the show before it comes out because I have a YouTube channel and I make reviews. And I contacted Wonderstorm and ta-da! And I was able to review it and I was hooked. And that's just how I got started with the show. And I love a lot of characters, although Soren and Claudia are probably two of my favorites, but I also like Viren and Erevos and a lot of other characters. But uh, <laughs> I, I talk about Pretty much everybody too. that has come to... Pretty much everybody that comes into contact with dark magic and purple. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, yeah. Huh. No, that's no, but that's legit. They're all great characters. Um, I'm actually in a weird position because I'm... Uh, a lot of people may have noticed um, that I tend to just be everywhere in the fandom. And that was the fun experience for me where it's like... Um, which I really have to give to Aaron and Justin and Giancarlo specifically, especially those three, because they're the people that really like answer questions, especially Giancarlo, Volpe, and Aaron E. Haas. Um, so I was literally just 
asking questions and for some reason um they were answering my questions and it's not an uncommon thing i guess that happens um i try not to ask questions that are super spoilery because uh, i know that there are certain questions they're just not going to answer uh, i try to ask questions that are clarify clarifying questions and maybe uh flesh out this this little part of the world more because um i like questions that's going to feed uh fandom personally i like stuff that people are going to be able to take and run with it and like you can write three different fan fictions about this uh and so that's my like situation here <laughs> uh yeah. yeah that's why i think a lot of people kind of i guess kind of like um I guess notice that uh and that's how i ended up meeting Haley. actually that was my point of that story um that <laughs> we just started to notice that hey you know we keep seeing each other so why don't we start talking and we just started talking about of course the dragon prince and that's why we're here which is a really cool thing and so unless there's anything else Haley wants to mention today we're going to answer a bunch of questions some of you guys might have remembered you asked me on twitter uh, questions and I said, hey, why don't you guys send me questions to start that I can answer and record because I've been doing that a bit. Um, and I recorded it, but then we thought about this podcast thing, and so I saved the questions to re-record them uh, for the podcast instead. So um, unless Haley wants to, um, yeah, talk about I something think else, um, yeah. we should you should introduce the podcast kind of and like oh, yeah. a little bit about Dragon Prince. Maybe somebody's listening that has never heard of the show. And just like, I'm just listening to this because I want to learn about a new show. Could you introduce the show? <laughs> uh, and the oh, podcast. yeah, yeah. 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 So the podcast, we're calling it the Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast. That is totally Haley's thing. Um, that was her That was her title that uh, she came up with. So all credit to her for that. Um, the podcast, though, is totally just about the Dragon Prince. We think what we're going to do is... Uh, sagas we are both like sagas like epis like almost seasons of pot of recordings because we are both you know busy college students um we also don't live in the same area so it'd be easier to do um a series of them plans of how many we want to do before season after season um so there won't be like endlessly every weekend so we'll try to make our podcasts you know um kind of longish we'll make it worth it um and so for anybody who's listening though who does not know what the dragon prince is about the dragon prince is a show that was created by aaron e haas um former head writer of Dra of avatar the last airbender and justin richmond who i believe was a senior or executive producer on uncharted the game uncharted so anybody is fans of those things this is your show the dragon prince is a show about uh, a conflict between magical creatures particularly elves and dragons and humans and at the beginning of the show, there's an assassination. Though there's a to-be assassination. There's also an assassination, but you'll have to watch the show to find out more about that. Um, and these three kids, one who being an assassin, um, comes to the castle and they all meet up in these crazy circumstances and they end up deciding, instead of fighting each other, we're going to try to end this war by bringing this special thing back to Zadia, with Zadia being the magical lands where the elves and dragons and magical creatures live. So that's what the show is totally about. And it's a great show. Um, why I love it because two out of the three main characters of our little trio are mixed. Um, Callum is a Asian, and I'm assuming white mix. We don't know. <laughs> don't know. Um, but he's Asian. He's like, well, he's Asian. Um, and Ezra and his half brother, his, um, half brother is 
they're equivalent of black and Asian. They share a mom. Um, the king of Catullus, which is the, one of the human kingdoms, is black. Um, you have really great diversity. You have really great um, disabled rep, people of color rep. You have um, LGBT rep. Uh, and so that's why I love the show. And that's essentially what the show is about. So um, without giving any spoilers, that's that's the gist of what this show is about. And if you should check it out, it's on Netflix. got two seasons, a third one coming up. And I think I'm pretty confident we can get a fourth season going because it's own <laughs> renewal. Right. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. Uh, give us the saga hashtag. Yeah. And I think um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So make sure to watch the show if you haven't already and then come back to this podcast because we are going to be spoiling things big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't talk about the podcast without spoiling things. So mm-hmm. if you haven't watched the show, go watch it first. It's got two seasons. It's got nine episodes per season, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a lot that happens in those seasons that are done paced really well. So go watch it. Um, I always tell people when I recommend them don't um, mind the animation the animation is great I love it but a lot of people get thrown off by the first season um, they fix that in the second season so if you'd like the story stick with it just stick with it the animation does get better um, if you don't notice it then don't notice it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I might have ruined that for you but if you don't notice it then don't don't question it it's just going to get better in the second season and I think they even said that yeah, it's better even in the third season um, if I remember interviews or anything correctly that they said they uh, improved stuff even more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if there's nothing else, I think we'll get stuck into it. We've got a bunch of questions to get through today and maybe some theories if we can. If we can. Um, there are definitely a lot of theories that we can talk about <laughs> with this show. Ooh. So, yeah. Anything else for the good of the order? No. Um, well, I mean, I kind of want to tell them now just so they don't have yeah. to wait till the end is that um, we might have some interviews with some people that make the show yes. coming up eventually so make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you want to make sure you hear about it when they come out because it's it's gonna be pretty cool if we're gonna try to get people that worked on the show or help out with the show it's gonna be good yeah yeah uh, so keeping on this podcast um we are going to try to get some really cool people on this podcast and if not send us your questions um try to format it. if you're gonna send us something though maybe say um put like in brackets or something um hot brown morning potion podcast question so that we know because <laughs> if we start getting a ton of questions um that's gonna be a problem <laughs> so we'll or we'll try to make a little like a tweet or somewhere where you can send it to us um maybe we should make we'll like a like twitter that. we should make like a dedicated twitter to this yeah podcast. a dedicated twitter, twitter or tumblr somewhere we, we mm-hmm. can see the questions yeah. <laughs> or okay so now that that's out of the way um question time let's yeah, question time. So our first question comes from Cow Two Face um, on Twitter, and they ask, "What is your opinion on dark magic?" I have a very strong opinion on this, so let's go to Haley first. <laughs> um, well, I I think it's really cool. I think how it's like the odd one out, and it was kind of what made humans. They put it put humans on the map of uh, you know because before. Humans discovered dark magic. You know, they were pretty much at the bottom of the food food chain when it came mm-hmm. to like sentient creatures for the most part. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting. I don't like what it does to people that use it. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. And I wish it wasn't just like it's bad for you. <laughs> I wish there was more to that, but it might just be that, you know, it's pretty much a bad thing. 
besides, I don't know, yeah, your skin kind of turns really ugly looking and um, you shouldn't be killing <laughs> creatures. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> I have such an opinion on this because for some reason, every time I make a post about dark magic, people get a little bit um, up in arms with me slightly um, and not to discredit those people because you guys have valid opinions. Everybody has a valid opinion on this stuff, guys. Um, so don't think that what I say or what we say is like the end all be all. But my opinion, and of course, I'm the only human being. I have strong opinions on certain things. Um, but my opinion on dark magic is that the way and the way it is portrayed, it's, it's bad. Like it's just not good for you. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can use it in good situations, like when Callum used it um, to try to help to try to help um, Rayla. She's obviously was in a really bad situation, so that's a, a section where yeah, you can use it for good things, but you can do things that are typically bad in nature for good reasons. That that is a that's a complexity of life, but like dark magic is just not good for you. It's not good when you use it. Um, it's literally been compared by the creators themselves to smoking like um Viren is like a it's like a chronic smoker um in this way claudia is like a young smoker in this way and like i i cannot stress this enough have you seen Viren? like he looks like a rotten raisin he's i don't fine. know what are you talking about he's doing have great you seen, just, have you imagine seen just butterfly skin? him up and he's good there's there's that's that's like that's like extreme zadian skincare that should not you should not have to use that to get look better like if like your skin should not look like that and in think about this this is an animated show in real life if you saw somebody like that you would scream if i saw Viren at the end of a hall i would move okay like that's all that's all you need for halloween if i so, saw like, a dragon anything, i would scream too mostly in happiness okay but also but if that's, it's trying to eat me that's bad I mean, yeah, yeah it depends on saying. the dragon's opinion. <laughs> yeah, depends on the dragon's opinion. But no, with with Viren, it's like he just he just looks like no, it's not good for you, and it's not good for you. And there's a, some theory that I actually wrote. So anybody saw that earlier um, about it that we can talk about later if we get to it. But no, the it's not good for you. It's it, here's the thing: the nature of the beast. It you have to kill something to get power it's different when you're trying to get food it's different when you need clothes it's different for like things that you need to survive but power and i understand the situation of there um and again i did a theory on that but um i understand the situation with humans being in assist um in a position of oppression because of um the elves and the dragons thinking they are inferior and that comes from social stratification due to the fact that um elves and dragons develop magic or at least elves developed magic and humans did not that's social stratification understandable and that's a whole different ballgame but it doesn't make dark magic okay it's like dark magic is like the human humans unhealthy coping mechanism it's it's not good for you it'd be great if it was a if they discovered a seventh source that didn't you know inherently involve killing magical creatures like when you think about the fact that anybody can technically do magic based off the information we recently learned that i think puts that into a situation into a, a position where it's like okay the gravity of the situation is a lot bigger i think than we thought it was and that's my thing on dark magic it's just not good for you it's not good for the magical creatures um harrow is probably in a freaking bird because of that <laughs> like what situation did this help except that callum you know helped rayla and even that he almost died there's no situation that we have been given so far that dark magic is good and i'm starting to go on a little bit long-winded but yeah. um <laughs> 
I'm yeah. glad I'm glad though that you brought up the food thing because that's people always like well you know you kill animals to eat food so it's obvious mm-hmm. dark magic is okay but you bring up a good point it's like it's not for food or for clothes or anything it's just magic power. stuff yeah power stuff perfect <laughs> yeah granted it's a lot more complex than that I mean it is complex I will give them that that it is complex when you're in a position where you are being oppressed you know as a black woman and an indigenous woman I understand that but also people don't realize from an indigenous perspective too which the elves I notice have a more uh thinking of that's the you in re- they have a more in real life comparison to indigenous peoples when you have somebody that's as a magical creature in your land killing other magical creatures some that's a kind of a similar equivalent to somebody doing stuff in your land that's really hurting it um and granted there in this situation there really is blame on both sides like people's like you can't blame the humans it's like yeah but you know i understand the human's reasoning but it doesn't make it okay like there's a lot of oppression in the world and as a black woman for instance if i were to go out and start doing terrible things because i was oppressed that doesn't make it okay some things you can think about like it's not okay if i were to go and start hurting people um because i'm oppressed because you know it's a case-by-case situation but overall it was it's sucks and it needs to be a better a better solution and it's possible the show will give us one yeah um, cool so yeah next question. um so our, yeah our next question from cat oh, is boy. also from cat okay to, to yeah no there's a lot of questions here is um there's like i think upwards of 20 um, um we might not get to all these mind you guys um if we don't because uh, we're gonna try to go to theories but if we don't we'll try to get to it next time uh, maybe even with uh said people who might interview us well we might interview <laughs> um Will Callum face bias in, in Zadia like Rayla did at the Banther Lodge, and how will he deal with it? Um, I'll start this one. I think he will. I think he will, but not until we actually see him be a human in Zadia. Like, we don't know how much Zadians actually hate humans. We know humans really do hate Zadia, uh, Zadians. I'm assuming it's the same. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if his little elf disguise doesn't work. <laughs> um I think he'll deal with it by trying to reason with them because um, Callum has been known to try to reason with people unless he sees a reason not to. Like when he's, he knows, I know he gets angry um, when people he loves are in danger, obviously. But I think he'll deal with it by trying to reason with them. How much that will work, though, is the question of the day. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's going to work forever. Um, it's just. You know, Rayla got found out, kind of, right? She did. Yeah. Yeah. It so. didn't take long. I mean, when yeah. you when you have a less extra finger. Yeah. <laughs> when you have another uh, extra finger, that's also noticeable. Yeah. I mean, although if he keeps his if he keeps a glove on, it's it should be easier to hide that because you just put two fingers in one <laughs> finger hole. Yeah, they they don't have a pinky, so I mean, you just just have a you know they oh, just yeah. have they just yeah. have one big finger. Oh yeah. Um, I can't remember. I hope there's some questions about in here about the dark magic fam for for Haley here, <laughs> poor girl. <laughs> um, this one should be more neutral. Um, we'll come back to some of the. There's some questions in here about Raylan because these questions were more um, tailored to me. So we'll try to come back to that for you guys. You know my brand. Uh, but this is more neutral one, and I'll let Haley start this. What's your favorite part? By Super Rayla Fan Twenty Five asks, "What's your favorite part about the Dragon Prince?" Um, I would say the magical creatures, probably. I know I really like the characters, like mm-hmm. the human ones, but 
you know, at its core, I love dragons and I love elves. And I just love to see how different they are from humans. And that's always been my jam. So uh, that's probably what got me into the show at first. Just the name. I'm like, I'm watching this whether I like it or not. <laughs> dragons. Yes. That's fair. Yes. Um, my favorite part about the Dragon Prince is probably, oh, it's kind of hard to say. The for one thing, the diversity of it all, I really appreciate that. I appreciate they're trying, especially with the um, being again, you know, um, for the people of color. I think it's important. I really like that part. I I'm a mixed person. I'm Pacific Islander. I'm Asian, and I'm um, half black. And so for me, Ezrin and Callum being half Asian, um, and especially Ezrin being kind of closer to my mix, um, actually, is really important to me. When they I. Uh, it's really, it's something that I don't see. It's something that you don't see, especially as a mixed person, because you always see, for instance, characters that are maybe mixed with only white. And it's like, like you know, characters that are mixed in with other, with multiple people of colors also exist. So Ezra existing is important to me. Um, and that's my favorite part, really. I love how inclusive, does the sincere diversity. Because there are, you know, people that do it, like, especially in Hollywood, where, it's not sincere. It's it's for not so much brownie points, but it's it's not. It doesn't have thought to it. The Dragon Prince really has a lot of thought into it. Um, like I love the fact, for instance, that Sarai and Amaya are both. You know, they are warriors. I, I'm gonna try to keep this PG, so I try not to cuss. <laughs> um, but they're amazing warriors. Um, they're Asian people who are tall as I don't know what, which is really nice to see. I want to see more of that, you know? Like, we're not all short people. <laughs> I mean, I'm short, but, you know, I can't help that. Um, but Amaya, Amaya is just a shining example of good diversity. That's how it's done, man. Like, that's how it's done. Um, so um, if I could make my own awards, I would give the Dragon Prince some of the best um, diversity. And that's what I really love. Aside from the Aside from the story, the story is really good. It's like, yeah, young Game of Thrones in a way, in its own way. Um, let's see. And I guess our next question, if we got nothing else to say on that one. Yeah. Haley? Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry, I was, I was okay. waiting for the next one. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. If we got nothing else to say on that one. Um, she's in Ryan ass. Your biggest hope for season three. I'm going to let you start that one because I got big hope. <laughs> Mm, seeing a lot of my favorite characters again <laughs> I mean a lot of them I mean I know I'm gonna see them just a lot of it and I hope we don't have to wait forever for like certain plot lines to be picked back up back like cause oh, yeah. you know sometimes some things don't from season 1 to season 2 they just don't have a lot of priority cause there's so much they have to get done in 9 episodes that they can't really get to all of it yeah. and they keep making new stuff like putting new characters or plot elements so um definitely yeah. hope they get to that all that i'm hoping for specifically like with soren and claudia because i mean there's no way they can't address that mm -hmm. they have to like it's it literally has oh, to be addressed. they have to yeah you, you have to um yeah i agree actually i feel like the show you know it's well surprised what the show does really well wrapping stuff up and so far the stuff we've seen has wrapped like harrow uh harrow's death um that was wrapped up really quickly um, and I, but it was done well. So I've, I'm, I'm got some hopes for these, you know, I got, I got a good feeling with that. Um, but my biggest hope actually does kind of tag along with that. My favorite characters, my three favorite characters really tie with Callum, Rayla and Renan. And so my, my, my man Renan, you know, he's, he is in a, 
economic crisis, okay? He is in a financial situation that I really want him to get out of. Um, I don't, I just hope that that's my biggest, not fear, but my only thing is I really want to see that it's, as is as uh, as Aaron said, it's a long birth. <laughs> I really hope it's not too long. Like I really don't want this to be a thing where it, we're still on season. Like we get to season five, and we still haven't really too made too much headway. I don't think so. I, I trust these guys. I think they'll do good with it. Uh, at least progressing it, even if in an emotional sense. Um, I really want to see something happen with that. And then naturally, naturally, I want to see Raylan. Like naturally. Um, I know a lot of you listening to this probably agree with me. Could you could you explain Raylam to the people that don't know what that is? Oh, for those of you who don't know what that is, Raylam is the romantic shipping between Rayla and Callum. Um, there's a lot of evidence for it so far in not just season one, but then season two really just like yeet, you know, right into the Raylam zone. Like, um, pretty so that um, is a ship that I like a lot. Uh, Rayla and Callum are the two of the main characters from the Dragon Prince. And in season three, they are going into the lands of Zadia on their own. So there's a lot of potential there for some good Raylam stuff. And that is what I am hoping for. Um, and actually, while we're on the topic of Raylam so much, let's take those three questions we got about Raylam and just consolidate them. Um, so I got three questions from Ray- for Raylam. Um, Dean Nestling asks, what is it about Raylam that makes it such an appealing ship? Uh, she's in... Ryan asks, thoughts on Rayla, Callum's and Rayla's relationship going forward? Because um, regardless of what of the ship anyway, Rayla and Callum's relationship is actually important to the show anyway. But And then Snowflake later on asked, how do you feel about Rayla and Callum's current relationship, current relationship and what do you think will happen between them in season three? Um, I'll start this one since this is more my uh, area of expertise. Um, I personally like Rayla. Because I am down for ride or die ships. Like these two, they protect each other from the get go, from the first time. And Rayla said, um, I'll go back into that tower with you. And, you know, they've known each other for like a couple hours, tops. And, you know, they're already down to go and to go and fight with each other. Um, I really like the fact, and this is how I relate to a lot of sh- um, my personal relationships too, that they have disagreements, they don't agree with stuff. And that's kind of how, in a way, um, they've bonded afterwards too. Like once you see somebody in a light, maybe you don't care for them and you tend to progress more with them. Uh, and that's kind of what I see going forward. So going forward, especially in season two, they had a lot of great stuff. Um, season two, there was um, some definitely romantic inclinations um, all throughout the season. Callum admires her. Uh, Rayla respects him too. They respect each other. Um and that's also how I feel about the current relationship. They res- there's a lot of love and respect and care and uh, admiration going on there. And I feel like as we're going forward, their relationship will become only more, more intertwined, which will be very interesting considering this whole war thing kind of hovering over their heads. You know, you got to wonder. Um, I don't know, Haley, if you had anything to say about Raylam. I know that was that's more my area. It's good. It might, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> if it doesn't, I'm sure <laughs> you'll be sounds- sad. <laughs> Say what? I'm sure. I mean, if it doesn't happen, you'll be really sad. But I'm sure it will. You're just like, yeah. That, don't that's like on the like, topic. <laughs> For now, I mean, I could definitely <laughs> like become like a big fan of it if it gets mm-hmm. like even more development in season three, or mm-hmm. something happens that even more than what's already happened. I guess I don't know. I think it's it's cute for sure. Okay, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. 
don't support me like that. No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Raylam is a big thing in the fandom too. That's also an important thing to talk about. Um, it actually, I believe, made number eight on the fandom metrics on Tumblr after season three, like I think a month or so after season three. Yeah, I checked the stats, two? guys. You mean? Season two, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was season like, dang, two. we're in the future now. Yeah, yeah, guys, I checked the stats. And Maybe you'll get now. number one on fandom metrics. Yeah, yeah, if you you guys are listening, man, when this comes out, um, it's really important. This is actually, let's pause here for five seconds, um, not just about Raylan, but about the whole show. Um, It is really important. I cannot stress this enough for you guys to watch, rewatch, retweet, reblock, all this stuff about the Dragon Prince, like your life depends on it. Um, The more they see that, the more, because Netflix at the end of the day is a business. They need to see that the numbers are there. And we've done a really good job so far, I think, especially with the Give Us the Saga that I believe um, Leo Leonardo, I'm so sorry if I can't remember your your, um, name, but Leo on Twitter, which you guys probably um, have seen him around. um, He um, he or they, um, excuse me, I'm not sure. Um, But Leo, Leo, he started that and the Give Us the Saga, tag that, tweet that everywhere. You know, that's important. If you guys want season four, if you guys want season five, six, seven, you got to go with it hard. I mean, you got to you got to bring the thunder, you know, so that's my PSA for the day to you guys, you know, bring the thunder. Talk about it like you cannot stop. Talk about it to the point that people are sick of you. Like wow. me. That's people. My my in real life friends are yeah. to the point are like they are borderline sick of me talking about the dragon prince. But I'm like, I'm sorry. Even my professors, my professors are at my college are borderline sick of it, <laughs> I think. Um, but passion is good. So, guys, keep it going. Um, so I guess with that, we'll also go to our next question, which I think will be an interesting one. Um, how do you think Ez will react to being king? That's a heavy one. What do you think, Haley? <laughs> this poor boy. I'm pretty sure he'll be like, I mean, he's really young. And no. I don't think he's ready for this. He's just a little kid. Like, like, he acted like a little kid. Like, we didn't really see him ever really delegating or anything. Anything how, you know, Anya has been doing for her whole life. Um, as just seemed like a little yeah. kid a couple weeks ago. And now he has to be king. So it's going to be a I big, know, my son. I know, yeah. It's going to be a big change for him. And, I mean, he has to do it. Because otherwise, Viren's going to be like, I'll take the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Loving Beard's jail, but you know what I'm saying. My poor son, honestly. I think he'll rise to the occasion, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last season, too, was a really insightful decision he made to go back to be. Because, you know, he wanted to go to Zadia. They wanted to go to Zadia. Never mind, you know, the human discrimination and the possible things that might want to try to kill you. Because, you know, um, but I think he knew he had to go back. And I think that that's what they felt even in the even behind the scenes like what other thing was he gonna do now that he knows he's, he, he can't run away from it um he is king right at least until you know if harrow is not in a bird um if harrow's in the bird you know his body is gone like what's he gonna do rule from his cage like Ezra is i'm pretty sure stuck being king like we haven't thought about that where harrow's body from what we understand has been burned if he is in Pip, the bird, um, he's I don't bird. know if he still can be king. Yeah, he's a bird. What 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 is he gonna do? Flap his wings? You know, like he can't help. He can't do nothing really, as far as we know. Um, 
it's unlike Renan's situation where we don't know Renan's body might actually be in the coin. But we know almost at least until we are told something different that Harrow's body has actually been burned. Um, so Ezrin might best be stuck being king. I think he'll rise to the occasion. Don't get me wrong. Uh, love the boy. I think he's got to have to grow up fast. It'd be cool. I think if him and Anya kind of um, got to talk and they had some, and she gave him some uh, monarchly, I don't think that's a word, monarch wisdom, <laughs> monarchly wisdom. Because she's had to do this her whole life, too, which is, you know, that's sad if you really think about it, how these kids who are so young have to rule nations um, and they have to yeah. they have to on a on a level, they have to be more mature than the adults around them because their adults are going to use them like just like Anya, they, you know, they've had, people have tried to use her. It makes me wonder if people are going to try to use Ezrin like um which actually, now that I'm talking about that, made me think that I wonder um, if how Ezrin's story is going to come together with um, Claudia and Sorens. I don't think Claudia is going to try to use him again because she apologized the first time and because Ezrin's wiser to that now. Um, I don't think Soren will either. Um, but it's interesting how that might come about, like, like what's going to happen. Yeah, I wonder because, I mean, who would go unless they introduce a new character? Um, I mean, Viren's in jail, so unless he gets out and he can do stuff again, I mean, I don't know how they're going to solve that, like, without, like, big changes happening. Because, like, they can't just go back to status quo after Viren is literally in jail. Like, I don't think that's happening, right? So who's who yeah, would be against uh, Ezrin then? Because it seems like Opeli is pretty much the only other character that would yeah, do anything. That's a good question. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't know really who else is going to oppose him. The only person that could possibly oppose him... Um, is Wormavos or Erevos in the form of Wormavos. Yes, but, okay. he, but he's Viren. They're, they're like together, so it's not... You know. Yeah, but you, I, I would not put anything past Erevos. Yeah, the he's worm like, crawls out of the cell, actually, and goes into Ezrin's ear. I, you know what? That's actually totally possible. Here's my theory. If you really okay. think about it. <laughs> if, if, you think, if you think about it, that is 100% possible. Mm -hmm. Like... Erevos is older than the word old. He's older than freaking dirt, okay? He's been around. He's old. I'm pretty sure he was old when they when he got put into, you know, Star Touch Dale Elf Jail, which I'm pretty sure is the place that the Moon Druids uh deactivated, which I would not be surprised if they deactivated it because of him. But, you know, dude is old. Like he's been around. I'm sure he's got and he's had a thousand what a thousand years to think about how he's gonna get out of here. Come on. Like you get bored after a while. Um, so I think yeah. Ezrin is yeah. going to be a serious target in season three for whoever is the main enemy, which he knows Erevos, but I'm sure Varen's going to mess it up yeah. somehow. Yes, to get out somehow. <laughs> yeah. Our next question now is how, uh, it's from Pissed one um, how do you think the currently unseen magic systems would work, like Earth or Ocean? which I think there's a description on those on the website. I can't remember what they say, though. Um, Earth, we know the elves, uh, Earth blood elves are, well, Earth blood elves, so I think their magic is going to be pretty gnarly. Don't know about ocean elves, though. Yeah, we don't, I mean, there was, like, a personality quiz a while back. I, I know people mm -hmm. were trying to say, is this giving us hints about, you know, each of the um, powers of each of the elves? But do you think that was the case? Because there was, like, something like raising the dead or something like that. 
is interesting. Oh, shoot. I can't even remember. I got Ocean and I don't remember. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think it, Ocean, Ocean Elves, I think there's a lot of loyalty there. And as somebody who, and I, I would not be totally surprised if there was some um, inspiration from indigenous or oceanic peoples, which tend to, um, tend to be more about uh, family and loyalty. And so based off the fact that I got that, I think that's gonna, how that's going to work. There's going to be maybe a sense of community. Maybe there's going to be magic where you have to like, we're going to be like um, multiple, it involves multiple parties. But also I wouldn't be surprised if healing magic actually was in, from oceanic elves. Um, I don't know what they're going to be called actually. Um, I'm, my guesses are ocean heart, <laughs> earth blood, ocean heart. Um, um, yeah, it's got to be, be some. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we have Moon Shadow, we have Sunfire, we have um, Star Sky Touch, we have Sky Wing. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we have Earth Blood. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Oceanic Elves have something to do, like more spiritual at the heart. So, or Ocean Spirit Elves. Oh, you know, that's a good one. That's possible. <laughs> I think we do know that um, like there's, Ocean Elves can vary from where they live. They live in a swamp yeah, versus an ocean. Sense. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, that makes sense. The magic, at least, at least the magic is going to be different. If you have to, like, if you're going to live, I'm assuming they live near or in water. So, yeah, um, depending on what type of water you live near, that's going to be a huge difference. Yeah, they could be mermaids. What uh, are mermaids? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I really hope they're mermaids. I love mermaids. Well, I was like, one of those kids that love mermaids. Hopefully, they can like change it so they can make feed out of their fins, or else they're just stuck in the water, <laughs> and that makes it tough. <laughs> But that also would explain why we don't see them. Yeah, at the well, beginning we haven't seen the them. Intro. But we haven't seen Earth. We haven't seen Earth elves, and they're Earth. <laughs> I'm also curious, though. Does do all the elves um, agree with the human thing? Like, do they? Do they all want it? Maybe they weren't there because they they didn't support it. Yeah, you maybe. know, we don't really know, and that's possible. Like, you like no people are a monolith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, guys. Like, no, no people are. Everybody from a people don't believe the same things. You have factions. Um, that's a thing. Like you can change people's mind, and so I won't be surprised if Earth Blood or Ocean—I'm going to call them Ocean Spirit for right now—Ocean <laughs> Spirit Elves. Um, Aaron, if I'm right, please tell me. I want to give myself a cookie because I think that's—I love that name. Um, I, I won't be surprised if they didn't agree with it totally, um, or they were at the very least—they're limited to get there or to deal with them. So maybe they don't have as much contact with them. Um, but yeah. So next question. It's a bit less about it's about the series, but it's not about like in in world series. It's like, would you like the idea of um, a book series based from the t- Dragon Prince world or connected to it, and and how would you develop it? Um, so, if anybody from Scholastic or anybody who deals with the books or is listening, I would give up a kidney, okay, for a book series on the Dragon Prince, which I which we're getting. We're getting novels that are based off the narrative. Um, but I would basically take any book about the Dragon Prince. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we're basically kind of getting this. I don't know. Is the Orphan Queen going to be a book or is that like actually show a part of the show? I think it's going to be a, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's supposed to be a film. Um, film? I think it's not going to be in the show, but it's going to be an extra thing. It's going to be either a film or it's going to be a book. I think it's going to be a film. Correct really? me if I'm mm. wrong, but I don't. I was it. there when they said um, it, but do I remember? No. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that happens in rapid succession. Like we have yeah, long they, periods of like the drought. The San Diego Comic Con panel, which I mm-hmm. went to and I took notes on, they released so much mm-hmm. information that's not going to come into play for years, probably, if it if yeah. they get to it. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to see that happen. But personally, 
I would love to see like maybe some like new characters introduced in like a book, a side couple books, and then somehow they just end up in the show. But then also that people only watch the show, they'd be confused. Like what the heck? Oh, yeah, come from? but I'm not, I, I, I would like be seeing that. Yeah. I'm not gonna be confused, but I'm also I'm loyal, you know. You you would read it. I mean, you you wouldn't be confused because oh. you would read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would read anything from the Dragon Prince. Exactly. I don't care if it's um if it's new old characters, but I would prefer new old old characters just because I'm loyal. You know, I want to. I want. I think me and I, I'm probably a lot of fans. I, we want to see more of the characters in domestic situations, in like more day to day, um, casual situations. I wouldn't say situations, but in not even settings, but just. That those that thought process where it's new. There's a little bit less everything going on, and like, how do they think and how do they go about doing, go about their lives when it's not in danger? You yeah. know, that's that tells you a lot about a person. Um, if we could get but, like a, some comics about like early lives, the early lives of all the characters, that'd be great. <laughs> it's not as if much anybody is listening though. Yeah, Aaron, Justin, any of the I love creators, com- anybody. I love to read I those kinds them. of comics. But I mean, yeah, more anybody, like domestic stuff too in general mm-hmm. would be oh yeah fun fun times <laughs> if any if anybody from wonderstorm is listening it would totally be cool though even if it was just a cute side thing um to do like high school alternate universe um just okay now you're getting into stuff. fan fandom territory okay but it's so cool like um i believe um hannah who is one of the um characters you guys can see her on twitter she's one of- our character artist say what yeah. uh, yeah, character artists um, and Doro, they have done um, little little high school alternate universe things. And I'm just saying, you know, I would write it. I, I'm here. I, yeah, and that's part of the second question. How would you develop it? Um, I would write it. I mean, I I kind of do it a little bit already. I mean, I write fan fiction. Um, for anybody who, not to plug myself, but anybody who reads um, my fan fiction, Sides of the Moon, um, that's a, basically the canon divergence. It was just what would happen if... Um, Rayla found the egg instead like and you know there are other things that happen there too but you got to read that to find out um but uh I would develop it depending on what they give you know because when you go into any type of situation like that you get a direction that they want to go so I would see what direction that they want to go in and then try to work with them on it um because I would really like to see I would really like to explore um more of the moon shuttle of culture and how that clashes with humans. Um, and a lot of the stuff I would want to develop, we just haven't seen yet. So I want to see season three, which I think is going to bring us a lot of um, Zadian culture that a lot of us need to know about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about on your end? For, were we still talking about the books? How would I develop it? Yeah. I'd write it. <laughs> I mean, what does it, what does it mean? Like, I feel like I think I mean what would you, just writing. I mean, just <sighs> I think I mean like how would you if you were in charge of like the, the Dragon Prince world mm-hmm. in some way? If you were given like how would you how would you uh, not world, but if you were like given hey hey write a book in this in this universe, how would you do it or what would you do? I guess whatever yeah. it means to you. I think it'd be cool to focus on like another elf or just like an elf from some time. Mm-hmm. And just learn about their culture and just their struggles and stuff. Maybe not even connected to humans, uh, because humans yeah. are just humans. Or we could, yeah. or they could focus on a dark mage if there were ever one, or like the past mages if there ever were mages of primal sources that were human. That'd be cool. Let's see, 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We did catch that in the little in the in that interview you did recently. It's like you when they asked when you asked about the elves, and Justin was like, "You primal elves? You mean primal elves?" And I think everybody collectively <laughs> was kind of like. It's like, yes, hmm. the like, hey, it's like, is there other elves? It's like, you know, you got something else to tell us I or know, stuff yeah. that we're going to find out about? Um, so, yeah, I, honestly, I think I think that it's hard to answer that question without season two, seeing season three, because season three is going to give us the Zadian, the Zadian side of exactly. things. How can yeah. we take that and flesh it out? So until season three, that's a hard question to answer. Um, but our next question um is a little bit long, so I have to read it. Um, it says, we know that some guys from Avatar are, was from Griff Tweet for 1933. Um, we know that some guys from Avatar are working on the Dragon Prince. Yeah, a couple of them. Um, Sokka, voiced by Jack Senna, had his first girlfriend turned into the moon. Callum's date went wrong at the moon nexus and is now traveling with the moon shadow. Do you think it's a bad omen? No, Aww. I think people just... Uh, really yeah. like the moon i you know remember it's in the sky you know we kind of had help looking at it um it's very important to human civilization society um i don't like to think it's a bad omen i think if anything now it's time to right that wrong wink wink nudge nudge uh you know time to time to give poor old jack DeSena um a closing book on that <laughs> um this time, his girlfriend is did not turn into the yeah, moon. Yeah, but he eventually got Sokka. Eventually, got happiness with Suki. I mean, assuming yeah. we never really saw that later show <laughs> in the later show, but you know, I assume he was yeah. happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, his first day, Cobb's first day with Claudia did not go. I mean, it actually went well. No, it did. It okay. It, it went, went well good. until the end. <laughs> till the end, and then it's like. By the way, I gotta tell you, you know, your dad was murdered, and your mm -hmm. your dad was assassinated. Yeah. Um, and I always actually that brings up a point. I always find it interesting how I wonder how Caleb will react to if he ever did meet up with Renan, which is God one of my hope one of my hopes. My hopes is is Raylam with a Renan reunion because I need to see Renan think you know deal with that. Like you went you went to go assassinate a human. Came back in love with one. That's um. That's some Shakespeare stuff. Okay. See you um, in season six. Okay. Season six, <laughs> or sooner. Maybe you I'm, know. Yeah, never I'm know. Joking, but yeah, it's gonna. It, it, hey, who knows? we'll see. Um. Okay. So our next question after that is our favorite quote slash favorite scene. You can choose both if you want. Um. I think they're both Dragon more or less uh, different questions. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> oh my god! Is he talking about sword? Yeah. <laughs> Save the dragons heard uh, yeah you heard it here everyone dragon smash boy yeah. write it down <laughs> i also like his other poem um i see i used to have it down but i forgot his his good haiku the one at the end uh oh my lord dragon smash oh, yeah whatever yeah I, I love when he tries to be a, a poet that's adorable also no i think in general some of my mm -hmm. favorite scenes are like the one where he you know his back has been eradicated um, <laughs> it broke eradicated i'm joking you you hear that crack right that that scared me i was like Holy yeah crack. you know that, okay I, that's actually, that he was wasn't some, okay yeah he yeah, affects people at, at wonders at bardell and wonderstorm you guys did awesome there i love the i mean as a as an animation student too i love that that little uh folly there but the crack that was heartbreaking actually because you hear it like because it's, it's, it's animated like you think he's you no know, i mean that sounded like it hurt but like he's gonna be okay 
and then he doesn't get up <laughs> and he's like i can't move and yeah. we're like holy crap it's actually a character actually got mm-hmm. uh you know paralyzed so there you go the word is paralyzed when sword is paralyzed and he's <laughs> reminiscing about you know how now he is nobody has any expectations for him and you know even though his dad is so smart and he wanted to you know live up to him to what his dad wanted you know he doesn't have to do that now and he's happy which is really sad yeah i mean of course that's, that's all undone but it, that yeah. was a good scene yeah actually that's one of the theories i kind of wanted to discuss at some point um but yeah you know poor soren um that you heard it you heard the crack and uh, eradicated is not quite the word it's yeah paralyzed but you hear um i guess in a sense eradicated actually is not a terrible because the the fact that you can hear i guess just from a distance point of view the fact that you can hear that sound of his bone just cracking and it was loud and if you were really standing there and you can actually hear it that's a loud that's a loud crack that actually could have been enough to kill him and i don't actually, want to get into the specifics on the bone crack <laughs> on the they, back um, break yeah but it was it they, was a, they, it was big, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they um they even said that yeah you're lucky you survived yeah it's true because mm-hmm. that could have he, he could have died like right there but he's lucky he actually lived um and so that was heartbreaking um and it's so sad um even though I do have questionable relationship about Soren yeah. in general because <laughs> you, I said it before you swung on a ten year old and a wolf. The ten-year-old was just immoral. The second, the, the wolf was just bad decision. Like, what do you think was gonna happen? I mean, it, yes, it's a three-legged wolf, but it that doesn't stop the wolf from biting you. You're lucky that that Ava is just good with humans and decided not to bite your hand off. You know, <laughs> that's a whole wolf right there. But as for my favorite quote and favorite scene, my favorite quote um, is the quote that really got me. Like, was the vice grip and that got me into the show. That was the one that held on. For Renan and did not let go, uh, where Renan says, life is precious, life is valuable. We take it, but we do not take it lightly. And that gave me a real insight into not only the sh- not only Renan, but the show, that this was going to be complex. Um, it really made me love Renan more because of his, um, the way he described it. Just like, yeah, you know, we have a respect for life. And even though, yes, we are assassins, but we have a respect for life. And we do what we do because it is our duty to do so. And, you know, a lot of people discredit that because, like, you got to remember, they come from a totally different culture um, where things are not, you know, you the way you view it and the way we view it, maybe even as people, um, is different. It's not going to be the same for them. Um, a favorite scene now for me is um, a scene that gets me emotional, actually, because uh, during the time of season two, I was going through some stuff. And so there was a scene where Callum and Ezrin... Um, Raquel's trying to tell Ezrin that his that their father is dead and he says sometimes in, there are times in life where you have to go through stuff and you're not ready for it and that scene got me through um, That's that was like a stepping stone in that time of my life um, like I, the next morning I couldn't understand why I was so anxiety and I, when I worked through it I started to sob because um, that scene told me I'm going to be okay so that scene was really important to me. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire sh- um, show, um, and that was really brilliant. It was a way, the way it was brilliantly um, done, and it talked. It also allowed Ezra to talk about his um, his feelings about you know what was going on in his life. Um, another favorite scene also for me is when Rayla and Callum are flirting. Cough, cough. You know, um, um, uh, in episode seven when they're like Rayla does that. You know. Um, Sailor Moon thing and that was just super cute um, those are my stuff uh, next question mm-hmm. 
uh, might cut that short, cut them short here. But um, what are your thoughts on Terry the the Earth Blood Elf? Honestly, my thoughts on I'm just curiosity. I don't have any, but I'm curious because Aaron Ehas really, Aaron really likes Terry, and I'm wondering what is going on with Terry that Aaron is just super excited for us to meet him. Like he keeps mentioning him, like who is Terry and what is he doing in this show that you are so excited about? Because I'm curious. But yeah, I don't really got thoughts on him. He's he's Terry. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, Um, yeah, I want to see what he looks like a lot because I mean, Earthblood elves. We haven't even seen that, so. At least we know we're uh, getting one sometime yeah. soon. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm like, who this man is um, or Elf is. Um, when do you think season three will come out? Um, soon. Uh, that's, that's all I got to say on that. Uh, I, I'm tired of speculating. Um, it's exhausting. Um, I think it'll come out soon. soon. It's got to. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, we know some stuff that Aaron has already said um, in Twitter. He says that, yeah, he thinks that you know October 6th are going to announce it. So it'll probably be a month later probably ish maybe like no later than november i'm assuming um i don't think so that would be a really hard stretch to do that later than november uh i think you'd lose you'd start losing some people um great christmas present but um yeah i think just based on the time stuff he has said on twitter it's gonna come out soon uh next theory is your favorite theory actually i want to get to that later if we can so we're gonna try to speed through these last few questions um Oh, sorry. Those were actually uh, Terry's question was Cosmo, um, and Chris was the one who asked about the quote in the favorite scene. Um, so Cato asks your favorite episode in TDP out of both seasons. What are yours? Honestly, I mean a lot of them because of how the story is. Like they're very, they're very like it's just like one long story per season. So it's hard for me to, like even remember names for me most of the time because mm-hmm. I just binge the whole thing a lot. Um, yeah. and I mean, although my three favorite episodes are probably the last three of season two, because, you mm-hmm. know, I talked about Soren a lot, and I just loved, yeah. like, I was like, Callum, you're probably going to do dark magic one day. It's not going to, you know, not going to be pretty, but you're going to have no option eventually. And that happened, which I was like, oh, yes. And I was right. Uh, <laughs> I know it was bad. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but it was really bad. And, you know, now you can do No, I mean, for the drama, it's good. Now you can do sky magic, so... Right. That was great. I love that. And now we're going to see, yeah. so, we saw Soul Regum in the end of episode mm-hmm. nine. Um, yeah. I think the end of season two was just like, holy cow, this, like, everyone needs to watch this show now for me. Like, that's how I felt for those last three episodes. Cause like, yeah. It went from like zero to a hundred, like really quick. Um, once, I don't know, I just felt like Callum using dark magic, Soren's back and getting paralyzed all happened really quickly. And yeah stories. really quickly but really well yeah for sure yeah i i do agree and i like you know what at first when they took away soren's um being paralyzed i was almost like ah you know i mean i think it would have been better kept it but then i when i looked at it from that different perspective this wasn't even really about soren like it was it was it furthered his plot line his, his emotional arc but it was definitely more about claudia like that is that's what i saw from that there sucks, this girl man. Is, <laughs> yeah this girl is, this girl is gonna go through forgive my language but this girl's gonna go through hell i can see that already and they keep comparing her to azula which i'm here for i love my i want claudia to be a villain so bad at least at least for a part of the time i i can live I, i'm cool if she gets rede- redeemed you know she's a she's a nice she's a really nice girl she obviously cares about her family she loves her family um she's just on this path that's like i don't i don't see how you can get out of this without a, a few scratches or scars you know i really don't 
Um, but so my favorite episode in se- both seasons, it's definitely in season two, probably somewhere. Um, I think it's going to be episodes. I keep coming. I always come back to episode seven. Um, I just really like really like Cal's dynamic in there. Um, but I also really like the first three episodes. Episode two, I always come back to. I start there um, because I really like when... Um, Oh, we're going to say it. I really like how Rayla is jealous of Claudia. Um, I'm pretty positive. Like, with everything um, that we've seen and, and everything that, you know, I've experienced, um, <laughs> she's totally jealous. Um, there was a like somewhere on my Twitter that also makes me feel like this. Um, Rayla's jealous. Um, I really like how Claudia and Sword's dynamic comes in and it's just like it's exactly kind of how I want it where they don't really trust each other and there's all this drama where it's like um you can't trust them and you know Rayla Callum spent the entire freaking basically they spent the whole season but that especially that part they really spend that whole time like just being a married couple like they like I don't trust them okay but they're my friends but I don't trust them and of course Rayla ends up being right and you know poor Callum um and there's a lot of plot lines in that with like Callum and Claudia um, that I want to know about, you know, because um, I've mentioned this on my social media before, but um, I've been hurt in a similar way that Callum has by Claudia, where my romantic and or my feelings were used against me um, in what I felt was a betrayal. Um, so it, I feel really vindicated when he sees her again and he's he's just venomously pissed off like he just every time he now looks at her even in the in the sketchbook and when he sees her in real life it's like you know that sense of betrayal is still there and so those are and i love how domestic it is that's also it's got like that safe house trope safe house like a break from the adventure kind of thing um and i'm getting a little long-winded but yeah that's my favorite thing um favorite thing about callum ezrin and rayla i'll let you go first since i (laughs) took a long time favorite thing about them um, I love how even though Callum like he wasn't really good at you know doing princely stuff, he's still really good at other things like art. And now he's gonna be a mage, like a real mage, mm-hmm. and that is amazing. He's you I'm know he boy. tried so hard to get to something that you know thought maybe it might have been possible, but turns out it's not. And oh, yeah, he's able to do it, and I'm so proud of him. Um, Ezrin, I like how he can talk to animals, and he's really funny. And he's really not too annoying for a kid character because sometimes they can come off as so annoying and, you know, that kind of sucks. When it, but yeah. he doesn't really fall into that. Now he's going to have to grow up even more, like you said. So we'll see how that turns out. And yeah. finally for Rayla, I love how she's an elf. I love elves. <laughs> I love that she's an elf. And this she has true. these powers that, you know, she can use really well, even though she doesn't <laughs> fully understand. So she just comes naturally to yeah, her. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but... I like that actually. I like how they talked. She talked about that. She's like, I don't really think about it. It's just me. That's just what I do. You know, I just stand in the light of the full moon, and then you know, ah, ah, yeah. exactly. And then this was sort of ting, and then whoosha, moon shadow powers. You know, I love that. I practically remember that. Uh, and of course, I memorized uh, Calb's response to that. You know, I was like, did that help? And it's like, no, but I enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, um. I love Callum because I, I don't know. I, I I guess as an artist too, I love his face. Whoever <laughs> designed his face deserves a raise. There's something about That's his adorable. face that I love. When this boy grows up, he better be, and I hope he is. He he's got really good bone structure. He got beautiful eyes. 
he's gonna be a heartbreaker i love him um, oh my goodness maybe his dad is. and we don't know this yet <laughs> listen he's gonna be a little heartbreaker look at he's got very he is very little looking kid honestly um a very good looking you know he's a teenager so he's like he's his features are starting to come really come in he's not like a doughy little boy anymore which we've seen him as a little boy um because we're all doughy when we're little but we're more little little kids but um what i love callum though too because he got such empathy um he has a lot of empathy for basically anybody and everybody um and he'll try to i think reason but i also love that he also has that side of him where he's very protective um he you know he he will he right from the beginning he was ready to die for Ezrin and you know that he'll die for Ezrin or for Rayla you know because that's who he is he he's a very empathetic sympathetic person um and you don't see that a lot in male characters too much um but he's very vulnerable emotionally and he allows himself to be and he's good at it um Ezrin I yeah I actually agree with you Ezrin I'm the same way I'm glad that he is not um annoying but i didn't expect him to be i also really like his design i really like his poofy hair i also have poofy hair um and i do like his 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 arc is really good i think that um we're really gonna enjoy seeing him trying to be a king a child king um and there's a lot of potential with him and his also empathy um with rayla i love the fact that um, she is the swashbuckler, but Rayla also has a difficult time being vulnerable, which is usually, you know, not, it's usually with, not the case. It's usually the opposite because she's a girl, but she's actually really difficult being vulnerable. Um, but she's also fearless and she's very kind beneath all of that. And I love that, um, that regardless of everything, she's still kind, um, but she can still get the job done. And that's what I love about that. Um, questions also from Kato moving on to the next question um favorite ship dynamic just unrelated to the show just I guess our favorite oh, ship dynamic oh what's yours I don't know if I know exactly just I know mine <laughs> mine is ride or die I love that's one why I'm here for Raylam um I love ride or die ships um just down to the end hold it down um loyal I love people that are loyal to each other but I like it of course in a healthy way um, I, I can enjoy a little bit of dysfunctionality, but I don't exactly root for it. <laughs> but my yeah. favorite, a healthy ride or die, you know, hold me down, ships. Yeah, I think actually I like um, thinking about it. I do like people that have been friends for a while, like a long time, because mm-hmm. that's why yeah. I'm like not totally against uh, Callum and um, Claudia because they've just known each other so long. I mean, I know mm-hmm. obviously it wasn't, you know, a lot of people don't like yeah. it. Plus, it's not going to happen after we you know season two plus <laughs> but i think the space think, of yeah. time there mm-hmm. but i think it was interesting it's like yeah um the reason i actually don't really care for claudia and so and callum for one thing um aside from the fact that yeah i do like raylam is um i just he never seems to be comfortable with her after years and years and years of being around somebody even if you have a crush on them he just never seems to be comfortable like um i've written my friend uh raylam dragons uh, i call her raylam with for you guys but dragons um she writes with meta about the stuff and yeah she's he's never really comfortable around here um and i yeah and now of course season two obviously really really all helped my opinion <laughs> you know that was kind of messed up but um but i see yeah i see the appeal though i definitely see the appeal uh i think it would um being friends for a long time it's one of those oldie but a goodie ship dynamics um 
And for our next question, is if you could same thing from Kato, and I think we only got a couple questions left. If yeah. you could be any type of elf, which one would you be and why? I think I'd be a moonshot elf, so I can be invisible and then go places, and people would leave me alone in public, mm-hmm. um, and I could just go wherever and be like, hey, you know, fly on the wall, you know, info, little spy. Yeah, so I've I've two. I mean, we don't know. First, Skywing, because I just love the concept of having wings. That seems amazing. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Since we actually know what they look like, um, even though we haven't heard one talk yeah. or anything. So we I don't know anything about their culture. But then mm-hmm. on the other hand, we also don't yeah. know anything about star elf culture, but I'd love to be an immortal sparkly elf. That's super powerful. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just Erebus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. The next question from Jimbo is, what do you think Rayla's backstory is going to be? I think, point blank, Rayla's backstory is probably going to be um, her parents, she really has feelings about her parents because um, you don't go from waiting for your parents' birthday letter every year to just to wishing they were dead. You just don't. Um, you try to find some rationale for why they acted the way they did, but she didn't. So Lorela probably already had some deep, um, anim- a little bit of suppressed animosity that came out after that because if you think about it, she waits for her parents' birthday letter every year. So that kind of implies that they don't send her letters through very often throughout the year so she's probably got some abandonment issues and when Callum was dying she's like you can't um I think I don't know if she said you can't leave me like this but she said um you can't um I can't lose you like this so I think she's got some abandonment issues what do you think yeah I don't I mean I think you've talked about this a lot and I've asked questions about it and what do I mm-hmm. think though I mean yeah well we've learned that you know, Renan did have a big part of her li- in her life, right? So, yeah, hope to learn more about that. Yeah. And that's an interesting point mm-hmm. about the birthday cards. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't remember that, but dang, yeah, I want to know about her parents really badly. Yeah, I think that um, Renan too. You know, based off to that little birthday blip where he, he's not a cook, but he does it anyway. But he still makes a moonberry surprise. I think he did his best. I think it's one of those type of situations where they love each other as family. He did his best, but you can't also um, um, erase the fact that she does feel abandoned. I think if Renan was all she knew, it would be different, but she doesn't. I think she had her parents, and then they had to leave, and they were never there. Um, expediting this, though, for... Um, I think we... The series, or... Uh, no, just, just get one in, or... Oh, this... No. Yeah, I think that uh, the next... The last question is... Will we get a flashback of baby Ezrin meeting babe? Um, it'd be cute, but I don't think so. I think we've gotten a drawing of that in the, in the credits. It'd be adorable. Yeah. It'd be adorable. But I don't know if we'll get one. I don't think it's going to be a focal point because when you only got nine episodes and you got a lot of stuff to get through, you only focus on what you need to. Mm-hmm. I think we have a bunch of theories, but I think maybe you should get to like one of the small ones and then that's it for mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. This one you want so, to talk about. So, uh, which um, which, well, which one do you want to talk about? I, I like all of them. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in Claudia's trajectory. Yeah, we can I'm go with that. I'm always interested in Claudia's trajectory. Yeah. Um, Rip. So my basic theory for that is that, because they keep preparing her to Azula, they keep talking about how um, she was, well, see, they compare her saying that she's like a young smoker with dark magic. We saw what giving Soren his mobility back did to her. The hair thing, that visual thing from an artist's perspective, um, from a car- from a design perspective, and as a design student as well, um, 
that's not that's not just a throwaway thing. That's a that's a signal. They would not change her design like that, especially in a three D thing for no reason. Like that's 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 extra. That's a little that's extra work that's not needed if, if that was gonna be anything. So I think and also when in the Honolulu panel, um, Raquel Belmonte, bless her heart, she's an awesome, she's also an awesome BA. If you're also listening to this, you're also invited um, to this podcast. Um, she said she just described her her arc as oof. Yeah, like yeah. That's a lot to unpack. <laughs> yeah, Oof. I'm worried for her. Um, like, ultimately, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think it'll, she's going to end up like how Azula ended up in uh, Avatars, not counting like any potential what could have happened, but like what did happen? What do you think? My my thinking is that she is going to seriously. Um, She's gonna serious. She's gonna have a serious rock bottom because her father. One thing um, I think, don't think most people have never talked about is the fact that we don't know when Varian discovered dark magic. We don't know when he started training with it. He could have been a teenager when he started training with it. Um, he could have just been really good at it from a teenage age. From you know, he could have been ten. Claudia has been around dark magic her entire life. Shoot, we don't even know what happened before she was when she was you know in the womb. Like we have no idea. Like, um, but she's been around it. She was raised around it her whole life. So Claudia sees it. She's dark magic as totally normal. Um, Claudia, when you look at it, is a wonderful character. She's a well-written character. She's a nice girl. She's cute. She's funny. She's all these great things. But that doesn't mean that Claudia's moral compass is necessarily um, on the straight and narrow. It doesn't necessarily mean it's even really functional because there are a lot of instances in the show where Claudia just doesn't seem to have much of a regard for life that doesn't pertain to her. Obviously, she cares about her family's life. Obviously, she likes, you know, she, you know, she likes Zim. She likes cute animals. She likes all these things. But just, but you're but she's still willing to sacrifice things for her goals, um, which is pertaining to her family. Though you can't you can't knock her for that too hard because um, part of it's Viren's fault. Because she's obviously been raised in this position um, and her family means a lot to her, which is a good thing. But she also doesn't have a totally, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a sense that she doesn't really understand the gravity of dark magic and what she does to these creatures. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Like, it's interesting. Yeah, we talked about how you know, Viren's upbringing is probably different than hers. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that plays. And if we ever get like flashbacks or, you know, they delve into it more in the season. But so far it's, I mean, they said at San Diego Comic, San Diego Comic-Con that they love her. So I think, yeah. as you know, the char- the writers said this or the creators. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it won't be, she, there's like no redemption for her. If she does go down a dark path, but I do think there will be like a rock bottom, like you said. But she'll eventually, yeah. Um, even if she means no more dark magic ever, because that's, I mean, I can't imagine. Do you think by the end of the show, dark magic will still be like, you know, there'll be dark magic users? I feel like once the information's out there, it'll never not be out there. It might be forbidden. There might be a stigma against it. I don't think it'll ever like completely go away because yeah, um, dark magic is portable. There's no source to it. It's it's just magical creatures. So it'll always, I think, be a thing unless you burn everything. But somebody will rediscover it. Somebody, it's there. It's more like about whether people use it and 
also this uh, social stratification between um, magical creatures and humans. I think that has to be fixed for dark magic to not be a thing. Because part of the problem with dark magic is that it make like there's you have to get okay with killing magical creatures. Um, that being said, I don't think Claudia is totally like possible like out of redemption. I think we'll only see that one season, maybe the further seasons. But season three, I think, will give us a big hint because they have mentioned they're not sure if Claudia will get a redemption or not. Like whether that's still, I think, not so much up in the air. I'm sure they know, but like as far as like we know on our end, um, I worry for her too. I'm really looking forward to her being a villain, but I am worried about her too of what this will do to her family. Um, will Viren, what do you think? Will Viren see what he's done to his children and will, um, based off some of the evidence we have too, will it kill, would it break Soren's heart? Jeez, well, I mean, I hope Viren's like, oh, shoot, I messed up these two children that are mine. They're my children. <laughs> mine. Look what I did to them. <laughs> that um, are mine. <laughs> but at the same time, he's also like, he also directly told Claudia, choose the egg over your brother. And right? So, literally, like, I want him to be a good dad at the end of the day, but, you know, I've seen fan art that's so cute of him being such a good father, but, you know, we haven't, I want to see that, I need examples of that first before I'm like, okay, maybe at the end of the day he will do that for them. He'll yeah, be I, like, I feel like try it's to possible stop. for, I feel like it's possible for Varian to get a redemption arc, but I also feel like up until now, he's really not shown anything that... I feel like he was a better man when he was younger. You know, from what we saw, he was a better man. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's possible Sarai's death really messed with him. Um, I think it's possible Sarai's death really made him feel guilty, maybe even. There was a sense of his self-worth is obviously in question because of the mirror thing. We saw that scene the mirror where he's yelling at the mirror and it tur- and he's like, you know, I thought you were going to be something special. And, you know, he's looking at himself. And so it's possible. I'm pretty sure there's some self-worth issues there. And Varen also has like tunnel vision. Like he sees one thing. And that's all he focuses on. Um, he, The fact that you would tell your daughter to choose the egg and not save her brother is kind of messed up. Um, not kind of. It's really messed it's very up. Much, it's to the same son that he's like, you're going to get the kingdom one day once I start. Yeah. The same, the same child. Like, he's talking about the same one. <laughs> yeah. The same one. Like, he really said that to your own son who you just told that you're going to give him um, the kingdom to. And it's like, you almost wonder, are you trying to kind of get rid of Soren? Like, or maybe, or maybe I don't think he's trying to get rid of him, but more like it's like, oh, well, you're not, you're, you're collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Damn, I just hurt myself too. Uh, excuse my language. I just hurt myself because when you think about it, Soren chose his dad, but mm-hmm. how often do you think Sor- Viren chose his son? Yeah. Not much. But I mean, we have to get, <laughs> we have to move on to other stuff, cause, which is like talking about the end of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, so we try to get through all your... Go- I think we got to just about everybody's oh questions. Um, I consolidated the Raylan ones just because that was more tailored to me. Um, talking about the future of the podcast, um, we do have some things in the works, some really big stuff, some special stuff that I hope you guys keep an eye out for. You I mean, know, do you um, want to announce it here? I mean, like, we don't have a date, but do you want to just say yeah. what it is? Yeah, um, so we are... Me and Haley are supposed to do... Um, on this podcast, an interview with the Dragon Prince creators, Aaron E. Haas and Justin Richmond. Um, we do not have a date. Um, these are very busy people. Yeah. And so we are going to, we have to res- obviously respect their time. Uh, so we can't give you a time yet. Um, but whenever these wonderful people get back or whenever we are able to get a date with these wonderful people, we have to still work on that. Um, 
there is you know, obviously uh, depending on when this comes out, uh, New York Comic Con is uh, just right around. It's right around the corner, or it's already happened. Um, travel plans, you know, stuff like that. Like these are they're busy right now, and so, but that is the plan. Um, and so we've got, I've got a lot of things we want to ask them, especially some, uh, you know, character stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say too much about what we're going to talk about, obviously. Um, but it, we will keep you guys posted and updated. Yeah, um, follow, follow here we go. this podcast yeah. on wherever you follow podcasts. Hopefully yeah. we can get them out to a few. If not, we'll see. This is really, we don't know what we're 100% doing yet. But also if we make <laughs> a Twitter, follow that. And I'll be posting about this on my Cartoon Viewers Twitter and Sharkuna will talk about it a ton. Yeah, we are yeeting this kind of like into the ether. Yes. Um, but uh, we'll also try to um, get into contact with other folks from the Dragon Prince. And again, if any of them are listening and are interested, we'll take you up on that offer um, with some plans. I would really like to talk with some of the voice actors and see what you guys I have know to say. <laughs> if any of you or two are in the area um, of Spokane, Washington, <laughs> I would like to sit down with you next to you and do that too. But if you're not, um, still the, the invitation's out there. We would really like to um, get some cool interviews on this here. Um, I think this can be a really cool thing. Uh, it's our first real podcast. Uh, it's been like an hour, but I think I think it was pretty successful. All you guys' questions, and maybe we'll make the question thing a, a bit more of two of a. Um, of a normal thing where you guys can ask us about this or that and we'll try to get through them maybe not as many as we tried to answer today but <laughs> next time though i think we'll talk more about the theories that will probably be our next thing we talk about and who knows maybe we can even um talk about that um have some extended conversations with uh uh some official tdp people about I mean, that we'll, i don't know who i think thought. we'll talk about we can talk about like new york comic-con stuff and maybe if we get yeah. any state like our predictions yeah, anything we about know that. about it's anything we know about that we can talk yeah. about mm-hmm. for sure and yeah so that was this was fun let us know let me know what you thought i mean i know it's a little bit improv this kind of podcast but it's my first time doing mm-hmm. one of these so let us know same actually i just just bought this microphone but i also like how conversation it was Haley is a great Haley is a, a great uh-huh. person to talk to Thank she's you. a great partner you guys you guys should follow cartoon universe um she, I think I personally like her interviews are the best track and prince interviews I think Aww. out there because she asks them deep questions. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna gush about you for a minute Aww, okay. before we get off of this. Okay. Um, <laughs> she asks great questions. She asks character questions. She has world based questions. Um, every, and of course everybody you know has great interviews, but Haley asks questions that I think the fans really want to know. And you know you can always kind of pitch them to her a little bit. She's listening, and that's the cool thing about her. She I listens. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think we'll wrap this up because I think we both got to be somewhere a little bit. Um, But this has been the Hot Brown Morning Potion Podcast with Kuno. You can also also call me Tamika. That's what I am on um, Twitter as well. Um, Those can be interchangeable. And Haley from Cartoon Universe. Um, And we shall see you next time. Thank you for listening.